There's never just two sides to a sports issue. Welcome to Three Sides Sports Talk. One, two, three into the folks. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Welcome everyone to Three Sides Sports Talk. Todd, Jerry, Jeff, with you again. The first podcast after a weekend without real football. And I'm saying real football in case anyone thought the Pro Bowl was going to be a real football game when it clearly was not. But um, we talked about it last week. We went for a long time with an important reaction to all kinds of games from early September. And now, I don't know about you, I, I felt a void. There was, there was nothing. There was no three-hour window that I needed to carve out for, to watch the Niners. So I did feel that there was something missing this week. So, um, and the and the Pro Bowl certainly did not fill that void. But that didn't. That doesn't mean there isn't plenty to talk about, including uh, the Niners have to go searching for some new coaches as they get their Kyle's tree gets plucked again from a, for a few guys. So we'll dive into that. We'll dive into what it means from a coaching standpoint, from a draft pick standpoint. We'll we'll dabble into the the big game that's coming up on uh, next Sunday. But uh, let's get into. Mike McDaniel's the uh, Mike McDaniel, the quarterback or the OC for the Niners, taking the head coaching position for Miami, which to me kind of came out of the blue. Even though his name was floated a little bit, you kind of thought, is he really a serious candidate? Um, I know Jeff. Jeff was not having any of this Mike McDaniel <laughs> becoming a head coach type of thing. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, dive right in. What does it? What's it mean for Mike? What's it mean for Kyle? What's it mean for the Niners? Well, first of all, I mean, maybe it was just wishful thinking, but I thought McDaniel would stick around at least one more season and not jump at the first head coaching offer, especially since it was with Miami. And given the kind of scandalous situation going on there, what with the allegations made by former coach Brian Flores that. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross tried bribing him to take games and, you know, not to mention how tough the AFC conference and AFC East division are. And the Dolphins also seem adamant about sticking with Tua at quarterback. So I just thought that McDaniel would have held out for a better opportunity, but I guess you just never know if another opportunity will come. So I guess you got to strike while the iron is hot, as they say. So it does look like Squints is the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and Wendy Peppercorn couldn't be more proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me on, on McDaniel, I just thought, like I like, like I mentioned, or maybe via text, like, does this guy a want to be a head coach? I mean, I, I can't. To me, maybe you guys disagree, but every coach on the coaching staff does not have the uh, ultimate goal of being a head coach. Like, I don't, I don't see it that way. Some of these guys like like specializing or maybe just promoting. Not everyone wants to be the head guy or the face of the franchise. And so I didn't know that was even something he wanted to do. Yeah. He's part of the tree. How much is he doing besides maybe scheming up some plays? I don't know how, how involved he is. I mean, but yeah, you look at his track record, he's got the wide receivers coach and running backs coach. It's whether like offensive you know, assistant coaching in there. I just didn't know if he was uh, like that, that guy, the, you know, the leader of men and he's going to go and, and, and turn this program around in Miami. And so that's why I was just a little like surprised, like, Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> but like to Jerry's point also, maybe he would stay, but I guess the point is 
he, there may not be another opportunity ever, right? Next year, there won't be that opportunity necessarily. So I guess he's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take my chance and see what, see what I can do in Miami. But yeah, tough division. Yeah, I mean, does, I guess he does want to be head coach. So there you go. I just never really thought of that too much or, or heard him say much about that or, you know, just didn't really think along those lines, I guess, uh, for him. Just figured he was promoted just to kind of fill that spot of offensive coordinator for us. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> All right, Todd. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know if all NFL coaches don't aspire to be head uh, or all coaches don't aspire to be head coaches, but I think after maybe a few years, they might feel themselves hitting the ceiling. Like I'm not going to, I've kind of peaked out here. So I'm, I'm, I'm Bob McKittrick. I'm an O-line coach, you know, or, you know, the great Jim Tom Sula, you know, defensive line coach. Sometimes you get over your head when you get promoted too high, you know, some, some guys are like that, but for a guy like McDaniel, who's climbed the ladder with Kyle, I mean, they put a four-year contract in front of you and you're, I don't, they didn't disclose the terms what he's getting paid, but the average coach now is getting paid 7 million a year. So even if you, put it on the low end, put it at 5 million. I mean, guy went from making a million dollars to now he's got a $20 million, you know, life-changing generational money. So, I mean, yo, yeah, I hope he's successful. Just like I hope Robert Sala is successful. So it reflects well on Kyle and those types of things, but it is a tough division. It's hard going to a place that is so unsettled as a, with a quarterback like Tua. Now, maybe he really likes Tua. Maybe he thinks he can do something with Tua. Um, we'll see. But the bigger question is, is he going to poach anyone from the Niners? I mean, is Chris Kasurik going to get that bump from Niners defensive line coach up to Miami defensive coordinator, which would really sting? Um, is he going to take someone, you know, from the Niners coaching wise? Does he look into free agency? Does he? Go get Raheem Mostert to come to Miami. Does he, you know, now see, kind of like we thought all last season when Sala took over the Jets job about how, oh man, he's going to start, he's going to zero in on your K1 Williams guys and whatnot. So it's another thing to keep your eye on. What's he going to do in Miami? But in addition, the Niners did re not replace, but they added Anthony Lynn and Jerry was talking last podcast about oh we needed to go get lewis riddick to keep that whole line going as these guys get pilfered off well anthony lynn is now the assistant head coach to the niners i gotta think he's still got head coaching aspirations so and let's remember lynn was a run game coordinator before he became a head coach so he's in that running is important kind of mindset that kyle is yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, a definite drawback of having all of these Shanahan disciples out there as head coaches now is that they're obviously running the same system and going after the same players, whether it be through the draft or in free agency. And, yeah, frankly, I'm kind of surprised we didn't see more Niners signed, signed with the Jets last offseason. Um, but I do think we'll be seeing more uh, this offseason, uh, whether it be the Dolphins or the Jets, I think. You know, as you mentioned, K1 Williams, but I think we're going to see even, you know, more Niner free agents. I think you, you also mentioned Raheem Mostert, Lakin Tomlinson could be, you know, a top, I'm sure, Mike McDaniel's list, um, Jaquaski Tart, probably a top, um, 
uh, Robert Sala's list. You know, they're going to get their money from one of these teams. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I actually think losing McDaniel is a definite uh, loss, like huge loss for Kyle. I mean, those two guys have been coaching together for forever since their days with the Houston Texans. So I think McDaniel wasn't just Kyle's right-hand man, but they were like, like brothers. And, you know, he was a guy Kyle trusted implicitly and you know how Kyle is with trust. I mean, he's got trust issues. So I think that's a big deal. Plus the foundation of Kyle's offense is centered around the running game, which everyone seems to give McDaniel a ton of credit for taking the Shanahan run scheme and taking it over the top. So it will be interesting to see whether McDaniel was the true genius behind, you know, behind the scenes. Um, and if, you know, the Niners rushing attack isn't as explosive or if Kyle being the architect of the offense doesn't really miss a beat, especially now that he has added Anthony Lynn, who has a lot of experience as well as his new offensive assistant. Yeah, that's a good point, Jerry. I think, you know, that might be a bigger deal, like losing your right-hand man or like your, your best buddy type thing. And you know, I assume they're pretty close. So yeah, that could be a bigger deal. Just that we, we may not notice, you know, at first, or maybe we'll, we'll see how things play out or, or whatever. Um, yeah, as far as Anthony Lynn, I mean, that, I think that's a, you know, pretty good, pretty good hire there. At least he's another guy that has some experience in the head coaching, help maybe help him with his game management, all that kind of stuff as well. And they kind of, I'm guessing they knew McDaniel was that that thing was coming to then hire him to then either transition to be the assistant head coach slash run game coordinator, what McDaniel is doing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they bring anybody else in or if Kyle has some other buddies somewhere that he could, you know, bring along and mentor. Uh, uh, cause yeah, cause you know, it seems like he's, he's had all those guys with him, whether, whether they were with him or vice versa, I'm not sure. I'd be at McVay and, and LaFleur and all these guys. Now they're all gone to other places. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see like who poaches who and free agency and, and if he can bring in other other guys along, and so yeah, the Raheem Moster, I guess that's a that's an interesting one because see him going, you know, the Miami way and being that new running back down there. But um, yeah, we'll see. I guess some other guys like Lakin Tomlinson, et cetera. So uh, we'll, we'll see what what we do there, or who we pick up ourselves in free agency or the draft. So the um, the the two guys that instantly jumped to my mind about kind of maybe moving on even to Sala or McDaniel. Uh, we're, weren't even offensive guys. They were defensive guys. And that was DJ Jones and Arden Key, only because these aren't, you know, these this isn't Nick Bosa. You're not giving him $15, $20 million. And you're hoping, you know, these guys, boy, can they, they come back and be on that rotational defensive line for three or $4 million? Well, if one of these lesser teams is going to dangle five or six out there, then it becomes an easy jump for these guys, even though they're probably going to a lesser team, not championship caliber. So those, those types of pieces, those depth pieces, those rotational pieces that, you know, keep the Niners just churning are really important. So yeah, we're going to have to keep an eye on it. And you guys both mentioned it. Not only do I think uh, McDaniel and Kyle were tight, I think McDaniel has been with him long enough and he's a smart enough guy that he was one of the few guys probably in that building that could tell Kyle no. And we know how stubborn Kyle can be on some things. And I just don't know if there's too many guys who are going to consider across from Kyle and just tell him, no, you're wrong or no, we got to do this. I mean, there just doesn't seem to be too many of those guys. Not that they can't, but you know, if you're D'Amico Ryan, you're a first year coordinator, 
you know, you're still getting your feet wet and everything, and you probably feel confident in your ability, but can you sit across from Kyle Shanahan and tell him, no, we're going to do it this way. So, and I think McDaniel could do that. So he's going to have to, he is going to have to find somebody who, you know, he can bounce ideas off and someone will tell him, no, that's not going to work or no, that's a bad idea. Um, Keeping on the coaching front, got to go find a special teams coordinator because poor Richard Hightower did not save his 49er job with the Green Bay win, even though, He's still a special teams coordinator. And I was talking with Jeff about this, that he kind of saved his job position, just not with the same team because he goes to the Chicago Bears as their special teams coordinator. And I'm guessing it, the conversation went like this. Uh, hey, Niners, we're interested in Hightower being your special. Yep, you can have him. Just <laughs> pretty much like that. So, um, And the Niners need a couple offensive line coaches as they've lost a couple to the college ranks. So Kyle's got some work to do this offseason to reassemble a staff, which is bad because you got to bring in new guys, but it's it's good that your organization is so, thought so highly of. And the nine because Mike McDaniel is a minority candidate, they're picking up two more third round draft picks, you know, so they got two from Robert Sala. They got one from Martin Mayhew, who left to be the GM over in uh, Washington. So the Niners are kind of accumulating these, these draft picks to, you know, kind of stay afloat. After trading a whole bunch of picks to go get Trey Lance, you're looking at it going, wait a minute. They now have nine draft picks coming up this year, plus anything they get from Jimmy. They're going to have, you know, some maneuverability in the draft this year. Yeah, I mean, going back to kind of Kyle's staff and everything, the coaching tree, I mean, it is interesting that even though Kyle hasn't won a Super Bowl and has only won his division once, that teams are consistently poaching from his staff and wanting to be a part of the Shanahan tree. Um, I mean, I guess then again, if you consider Sean McVay an extension of that tree, it would make sense since he and Zach Taylor are coaching in the Super Bowl this year and obviously Matt LaFleur um, has had the Packers in the playoff mix consistently as well. So whether it's Robert Solo or Mike LaFleur, sorry, Matt LaFleur, or, um, you know, uh, sorry. Yeah. Or Kevin O'Connell, you know, everyone just seems, guy, seems yeah. to want a piece of the Shanahan pie. But as far as like the Niners staff's concerned, what I didn't like to see was that they had to let go of John Embry in order to hire Anthony Lynn. I mean, maybe I'm putting too much, credit giving Embry too much credit but you know he was there to help George Kittle develop during Kittle's time here so um I mean I just I don't know it's just unfortunate that because of him and his title as assistant head coach that he would have to take a demotion in order to have kept his job because I feel like well what's in a title these days anyway I mean I figured they could have perhaps given Lynn some sort of senior offensive analyst title and still paid him handsomely without the assistant head coach, you know, position. But I guess it is what it is at this point. Just hopefully Lynn can add as much value to the run game as McDaniel did and really to the overall offense. Cause I felt like Kyle was a little overwhelmed at times this past season. Now, whether that was cause he didn't know how to juggle between having to cater between Jimmy and Trey, or if it's cause he wasn't used to not having Mike LaFleur by his side, but not only does he not have LaFleur now, but he also doesn't have McDaniel. So I guess I'm just a little worried because 
you know, this is such an important transition period in getting Trey Lance up to speed. And Kyle isn't exactly known for his patience in developing young quarterbacks. So I was really hoping that in addition to Anthony Lynn, the Niners could have added an offensive coordinator like Pep Hamilton since he coached with Lynn in San Diego to help develop Justin Herbert. But unfortunately, Houston just elevated Hamilton to be their offensive coordinator. So he's no longer an option, but I still do think Kyle could use some experienced help. Such, you know, in addition to, as you mentioned, special finding a new special team coordinator. Um, and we know Kyle doesn't seem to care about special teams, but I think last season showed that he should care. And I was really hoping to get Rich Basaccia to join the Niners because I thought that there was some sort of connection between him and Shanahan back in their Tampa days. But apparently Green Bay beat us to the punch. So I'm not really sure where Kyle turns at this point, but he's got some work to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I would hope through his connections or other coaches' connections, there's other other guys out there. And obviously they're not done yet because they do have vacancies. So um, they obviously they still might hire an actual offensive coordinator um, unless Lynn's going to kind of be that guy, um, unless they promote another person from within. I'm not sure. You, you never know how this stuff shakes out, right? Does Wes Welker then become the offensive coordinator? I mean, I don't, I don't know about that, but um, they definitely need a special teams coordinator. So whether they go find somebody else from one of these other teams that were let go of all their guys or they promote from within or they go to the college ranks or, uh, who knows? So, but definitely, I think he needs, you know, somebody to be the offensive coordinator. And again, I think Lynn is, is a good hire just from the standpoint of maybe he could help develop, you know, Trey as well, or, um, Scangarello, hopefully he doesn't leave too, because you need that whole consistency thing. So that's why it's tough when you do lose some of these coaches, because, you know, you look at the chiefs, for example, like the enemy yet again, doesn't get a job. And they've kept their offensive defensive coordinators and head coach in place. All you know that that's got to help their success. So, I mean, it, it's it's tough when you're losing your coaches and just losing that consistency, right? Like we could remember back with Alex Smith or whatever, just new offensive coordinator every year, right? Like it's it's a tough way to go. So hopefully they can get uh, some other guys in there to you know help Trey Lance along like you would like Jerry and, and whatever else that they got going on. So uh, they're not done yet, obviously. Um, they still have their offensive line coach, defensive line coach as of right now, but definitely special teams and some assistance, offensive coordinator possibly. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And um, there's going to be turnover on the roster, obviously, because not only do are there free agents that are going to go, you know, maybe Miami or the Jets like we've talked about, but there's going to be a, a Kerry Hyder type guy who's kind of blossomed and will go to another team because they'll dangle some money. The Niners' big question is the Jimmy Garoppolo question in the room, the elephant in the room, and that is what's going to happen? What are they going to do? By all accounts, all the draft experts, your Mel Kuypers of the world, don't see this as a very robust quarterback class. There's talk of Jimmy being able to pull back, uh, you know, maybe a second-round draft pick, plus Brady's retired, so Tampa's another team that instantly gets thrown into the mix. So – What's out there? What's out there to get? Where can Jimmy go? We've talked, we've talked Steelers. We've talked now, now Tampa's in the mix. Does a team like Cleveland, who has to make a decision on Baker Mayfield, do they come become interested? So our friend Larry Kruger floated this idea, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a mid-round draft pick and the rights to Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. 
That is interesting. I mean, <clears throat> Tom Brady did go on Jim Gray's podcast. I don't know if it was earlier today or yesterday, basically saying that he's leaving the door open for a possible return. Um, so, you know, that right now he's happy with his decision, but I guess anything can change. Um, which, yeah, I mean, if you're giving me a third round pick and the rights to Tom Brady from Tampa, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I don't know. Are the Niners going to, are the, do they want Lance to, would they want Trey Lance to apprentice under Brady or anybody for another year? I guess if anybody's going to be qualified for that or for the Niners to say, yes, it would be Brady, but they didn't, I don't know. They didn't seem that thrilled the first time around and when he was, you know, a few years younger. <laughs> so, but it definitely would be an interesting scenario. Jeff, you want your boy TB12 to come, come play <laughs> for the Niners? And yeah, it's interesting when you say it like plane. that, you know, the hometown kid, but like uh, that almost would be like a throw in, right? Cause if you trade Jimmy for a third, I would be happy with that. If you're going to also throw in the rights to Tom Brady. So, if you chose to come back, I mean, it's just an interesting uh, quandary. I mean, I don't really see it happening or, but yeah, I mean, man, I don't, that's a tough one. I hate to say no to that. Like Jerry said, like, okay, third and, and the rights to him, but you know, do we want to sit Trey on the bench? I mean, I guess we have to like let it play out, I guess. So, <laughs> but yeah, I guess, sure. We'll, we'll take it. Then uh, we'll just have, we'll have those cards held in our hand, I guess. I don't, I don't see it happening realistically. No, I mean, no. if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were to trade Brady's rights, you would have to give up a lot more than than Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion. But right, I, don't, right. I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo as necessarily being a fit in Tampa Bay as well. So yeah, but well, you got to you got to figure. Right now, Tampa's getting nothing. So yeah, could they get something? That's the only thing. You know, yeah. like yeah, they could sticklers and say, no, nope, Tom, we're not. You know, we want to make sure you're retired, or yeah. they can go, eh. or that if he unretires, he come back and play for them well but yeah i was just gonna, i was just gonna yeah i was just gonna add i guess as far as jimmy goes if you're if you're saying now they're looking to get a second i mean that that i'm even more you know excited about that if we can add a second then you got two seconds i mean then yeah you can definitely maneuver in the draft a little bit better right but i, I still don't know if they can get a second but i mean there are some quarterback needy teams so but does does jimmy want to go to tampa and replace tom I, I don't know if that's on his list, so we'll see. You know, it doesn't matter. He, he I had, know. Yeah. He's got no say in it, you know. he. Well, it doesn't matter technically because he technically has no say. Right. But, but they wanted I, to appease him. Kind but of it thing. seems as though they are working with them to try to work something out. T- Tampa's a, you know, Tampa's a lot better place than yeah. either of the other Florida teams just to, you know, pick out, you know, Miami or Jacksonville or – you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, but it, it, interesting thought by Larry Kruger to to toss that out there. Um, so yeah, so so we'll we'll see what what happens on that. Um, and we're gonna have a lot of obvious off season maneuvering in terms of free agency trades. You know, things things that happen uh, over the in the coming weeks and months. Uh, Kyle's already getting ready for the combine. You know, but you know that doesn't start till. March 1st. So we're, you know, we're about three weeks out from that. So, you know, the NFL calendar just keeps churning things out. Um, but obviously before we get to that, we got the big game on Sunday, we got the Super Bowl, got the Rams, we got the Bengals. 
Um, you guys have had a, a week to decompress and get over the, uh, the sadness that is the Niners not being in the game. With that said, any thoughts that weren't shared last week? Anything on the Super Bowl that you're looking forward to? Um, any storyline specifically that, you know, you're interested in? Still written for the Bengals, but I think in terms of looking at the game and who's actually going to win, I just don't know if that offensive line of Cincinnati's is going to be able to hold up against, um, you know, the Rams defensive line, particularly Aaron Donald. So I don't know. I think as much as I'd love to see the Bengals be able to get their first uh, Super Bowl, I think the Rams might be the ones to get their first Super Bowl in L.A. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting storyline to watch the offensive line because, like, was it two games ago, Burrow got sacked like nine times? So, yeah, I mean, you almost forget about that. Like, I mean, he took a beating and just kept going. But, yeah, he remained uh, somewhat calm and cool and collected. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what, what Joe can do. <laughs> the new Joe Cool, I guess, right? Joe Burrow. No, no. Can we stop <laughs> with that, please? I mean. I'm not saying he is Joe. I said the new Got to be Joe. And come up with but, come up with another name. Come yeah, up with Joe. Joe. Bro. I don't know. <laughs> Joe, Joe Burr. But yeah. So who knows what the offensive line can do? Uh, you know the Rams. They're 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 made for this, right? Like everyone said, they are a Super Bowl or bust, and it worked out for them. So um, yeah, their defensive line is going to be uh, licking their chops, trying to go up against the offensive line and see if they can get nine or ten sacks. So. We'll see. Yeah, still going for the for the Bengals. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I know Jerry, you you were not and probably still aren't a fan of Matt Stafford. Um, any 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 differing thoughts, or still think he's kind of in that overrated category? Well, when I said he was overrated, I think it's because people were anointing him as hey you know he would automatically be a hall of famer if not for the fact that he played in detroit and (laughs) i wouldn't go that far again let's not forget he was one jacquaski tart interception hanging on to that interception away from who knows maybe the niners would be in the super bowl right right so and he's the guy who forced that pass in the red zone on the goal line tipped up jimmy ward intercepted it so that's the thing. It's, you know, look, has Matt Stafford exceeded my expectations? Um, not really. I mean, look, he's, he's a good quarterback, but is he at a level where I would have given up? What did they give up? Two first rounders to get? I don't know. I mean, just because he's a guy who, Yes, when he's on a hot streak, he can certainly rip it and, you know, he could be unstoppable. But then there are those times when he has his Jimmy Garoppolo moments as well. So, you know, look, he wins the Super Bowl, then, hey, I got nothing to say because he did everything that everybody said he would do. That he would get to L.A., he would turn the Rams into Super Bowl winners, and I didn't think that would happen, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess we just can't forget that, you know, we wanted Stafford as well. I think we had that, that conversation. Maybe Jerry wasn't as much on board with that, but we're like, yeah, let's get Stafford. Sure, bring him on board. And so he's done what he needed to do. He got to the Super Bowl his first year in L.A. with McVay. Um, 
yeah, he doesn't have the you know great moments all the time, but like he's he's there, like you said, Jerry. So if he, he can win that game, I mean, okay, then we talk about him in a totally different, totally different way. So um, I'd like to see him lose though, but <laughs> but whatever. But yeah, so um, pads. What's it called? Pads Staff, Stafford Stafford. <laughs> what's that name? And let's not forget. Um... I mean, we don't need to continue the coaching talk on this podcast, but it is a Sean McVay versus Zach Taylor. So two branches, I guess you can say, you know, off of a Shanahan tree, which was an extension of the Mike Shanahan tree, which is an extension of the Bill Walls tree, you know, type of thing. So you got these guys. So it's no wonder that when these coaching openings come available, that they, it seems like owners are simply, are simply going to the orchard of the coaches that are successful. Who do we want? Can we poach their, you know, coordinator? And McVay lost um, both his coordinators last year, you know, Brandon Staley left. And so it's interesting to, um, again, see from a 49er perspective that, you know, the Niners do have their fingerprints on this, you know, these coaching staffs. So must be interesting. Um, Andrew Whitworth play is playing for both teams. Uh, he's, and you had to imagine he played like 28 years in Cincinnati and like, he had to think that this was never going to happen for him. And then he goes to the Rams for a few years and then lo and behold, both teams are in there. So he's kind of thinking he he's got to be floating on cloud nine thinking, ah, good for me. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the emergence of Cooper cup as kind of, I don't know. It seemed like Cooper cup was getting his due respect in the inner football circles, but nobody really believed him. Like, you know, no one thought of him as, I don't know, Julio Jones or anything like that. In fact, we even had that discussion, you know, probably a month and a half ago about would you trade who would you rather have, Cooper Cup or this, you know, a Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup or this number one receiver? And, you know, I don't I don't think we had Cooper Cup beating out too many players yet. He, he put up all the stats and he's in the Super Bowl. So, I don't know, Cooper Cup playing the, I don't know, the better superhero version of your Wes Welker maybe type of thing. Yeah. So, just, just again – well, he was definitely a player that I remember when he came out for the draft that he, he seemed like a Kyle Shanahan type of wide receiver. So I was really, I was surprised that the Niners didn't go after him, especially because at the time I was like, man, is he not the next Ed McCaffrey? Right. I mean, he's, he, he, he just seemed like a guy sure handed runs good routes. And I didn't even realize what a just crazed football junkie he was. And again, falls right in line with kind of a Kyle Shanahan type of receiver. So yes, unfortunately the Niners didn't go in that direction. Um, But going back to your Cincinnati kind of connection, two things that sort of stand out. One is uh, AJ green. I wonder how he feels today. Like I was in Cincinnati my whole career. And the one year I leave, they get to the Super Bowl, Whereas Kevin uh, Huber, their punter, has been <laughs> yep. with Cincinnati forever. And when I say forever, I literally mean like his whole life because he was born in Cincinnati. He went to high school in Cincinnati. He's 
you know, went to college at the University of Cincinnati, played for the Bengals his whole career. So there you go. If anybody deserves to get a Super Bowl ring, and I know you don't respect punters, Jeff, but yeah. I think Kevin Huber deserves that Super Bowl ring. So let's go Bengals. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's give it to Kevin Huber. You bet. Yeah. Maybe he can be the MVP. Who knows, right? Maybe he can pin him inside the, the one numerous times. Um, but yeah, but what's funny is I'll just say, add on that Cooper Cup thing. You keep saying like, oh, he's a perfect Shanahan guy. But again, all these guys are the branch of the same guy. So if he's a Shanahan guy, he's a McVeigh guy. So that that's that, that's the explanation. Now you have all these guys that are all branches off these trees. And so they're they're all looking at the same guys, right? Whether it's the Jets or the Dolphins or the Bengals or the Rams or the Niners, they're all the same guys. So it's tough, right? Um, yes, it is. And I know you guys both have proclaimed your love and allegiance to the Bengals. And it had me thinking off of last podcast. Do you take, are you, do you guys get more excited when the Niners beat Seattle compared to like the Titans? Yes, absolutely. Hate Seattle. Jeff? I mean, I guess just being in division, I guess, you know, Titans isn't, as big of a deal and i mean beating russell wilson for sure feels a lot better than beating ryan Tannehill. yeah i i, I and i couldn't disagree with you more that's that and that's my point is every for me every win is equal it is it is a it is a hundred percent there there is no win that is i mean there's a win that's better like the super bowl but that's because of the circumstances but i'm talking you know sunday in october like Niners are playing. I don't get any more excited for beating the Cardinals than I would pick anybody else. Like that is, that is, you know, why it is so important to me, like for the win, like there is no degrees of winning. Like, I don't, I don't get like, Oh, that was a good win. I'm like, that's a 60%. I, I'm 60% happy because, you know, we beat the Lions. Like I was just as excited to beat the Lions you know, as I was to beat the Rams in week 18, like it meant more, but my happiness didn't change. Like I was this happy to beat the lions and I was this happy to beat the Rams. Like I, and that's where, and that's why I was just, I thought about it the whole, like for the past week, when you guys were talking about how, you know, it means more, this means more, this means you want, you like this, you want to see this, yeah. You 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 got the same amount of fulfillment and enjoyment out of beating the Jaguars as beating the Rams. Yes. Yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm unusual. I think you're unusual because I don't see sports fandom through that lens. I see sports fandom through a very emotional lens, and certain games have more meaning, and certain teams that you beat it just feels better to beat them, and it feels worse when you lose to them. Well, and, and that's well, how rivalries work. But it's a combination also of like, you know, it's in division. So it means more, there's more familiarity with those teams. So it means more, I guess you gotta look at the opposite to me as well. Like it doesn't hurt as much to lose to the lions as it does to lose to the Seahawks. So oh yeah. See, I, I, yeah. Again. I, yeah, absolutely. No, no. Yeah. Um, interesting. All right. Yeah. You know, just like I said, Different, different, different ways to approach it. So um, with that said, what, you know, 
swing around the NFL because there has been a lot going on. It's mainly in the, whether it be the Brian Flores suit, whether it be Lovey Smith becoming the new tech, I guess, new Texans head coach, even though he's promoted from within. Um, we, we obviously touched on Miami situation, but swing around the NFL because what's caught your eye? What, what's, what's tickling your fancy, as they like to say? Well, so every year as the coaching carousel turns, it just seems to get crazier and crazier. I mean, after all the expected firings took place this year, you suddenly had Brian Flores get surprisingly canned by Miami. And then right after that, David Culley gets fired from Houston, which led us to believe that Flores would be Houston's target. But no, the Texans, for whatever reason, were still enamored with, of all people, Josh McCown who has no coaching experience in the NFL or in college, but then Flores, as you mentioned, decides to sue the NFL for racial discrimination. So despite what Nick Casario would like to, us to believe, I'm sure that took Flores out of the running, but it also impacted their decision to hire Lovey Smith because the optics would have been so bad had they hired McCown, but whether or not you side with Flores, the NFL's head coach demographics, just looks bad no matter how you slice it because in a league where over 70% of its players are black, nearly all of the head coaches are white, including most of the new coaches who were hired in this cycle and last year's cycle. So even with the Rooney rule, which was obviously well-intended at the start, it's clearly not having the impact um, that it's supposed to. Cause at the end of the day, I just think that owners and general managers typically have preconceived ideas on who they want to hire as their head coach. Like take Chicago, for example, when Ryan Poles became GM of the bears, I'm sure most people would have thought that Eric B was a shoe in for the head coaching position, given that Poles came from Kansas city. And as much as it probably shouldn't matter, but Poles is also black. However, Poles and Matt Eberflus share the same agent. And apparently the two were introduced to each other through that. They hit it off some time ago, and Poles had already had Iberflus in mind as his guy should he ever become a general manager, which is kind of weird considering that I don't think he's ever worked with Iberflus. And at the same time, he's been on the same staff with Bienemy since like 2013. So I'm not sure what that says about Bienemy, but basically, it just seems like a lot of these guys are hired because of some sort of connection. Like, Dennis Allen in New Orleans, where he was basically Sean Payton's right-hand man since 2015, and they wanted to keep that continuity. Or Kevin O'Connell, who has a relationship with Kirk Cousins from their Washington days. And Minnesota apparently wanted a coach who can still get more out of Cousins, which is why actually the flirtation with Jim Harbaugh was kind of weird, because if you're going to flirt with a coach of Harbaugh's stature, you don't bring him in for an interview like he's Nick Sirianni, but apparently that's what happened. So Harbaugh bounced. Anyway, that's kind of my, my long winded take on the head coaching landscape in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And for, and for me, I'll start with your last one, Harbaugh. I'm still surprised that nobody, no, nobody went with the Harbaugh. He's going back to Michigan. And then for him to come out and say, well, that'll never happen again. I'm, I'll stay at Michigan as long as you'll have me, which seemed kind of odd. So you're just like, saying no to the NFL, like, we'll see if that really happens. And then I thought he had some connection to this, the Miami owner, yet then nothing happened there. And so I'm so, I'm so surprised that uh, nothing happened with Harbaugh. Maybe not the Vikings, but just somewhere. Um, and then the other ones that kind of 
stick out to me aren't necessarily the hires. It's like the like I said mentioned a little bit earlier. So of Kansas City remaining intact. So the enemy just must not be a very good interviewee or doesn't have the right connections or whatever the situation is because you know apparently Andy Reid's going to bat for him. Uh, his players love him. Um, he is a black guy. Uh, whatever the situation is, but he can't sniff anything. He's not in the Super Bowl right now, so. He definitely could be interviewing for these jobs or, or get one of these jobs. So that's a little surprising. Um, and they stay intact. And then Tampa Bay, I thought when they lost Tom Brady, I thought for sure, oh, maybe Arians will step aside now. And then, or one of his coordinators will take over or one of his coordinators will go somewhere else. And then nothing happened there. So they're still intact. So, I mean, at least, you know, they, they lost Tom Brady, but there's at least their coaching staff is still intact for another year. Um, and then as far as like the Flores deal, I mean, just, I guess that's just, <laughs> He just wrote, wrote the story on how to never get hired again type thing. He's like, yeah, Houston, yeah, we're going to hire this guy. Like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with that lawsuit. But and he can't say Houston did anything that, you know, is on the not on the up and up. They turned around and hired a black guy. Right. So I don't They had a black guy last year. So it wasn't because of that. Right. I mean, he's just suing the NFL. So no one's going to touch that guy now. But yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear a lot of the, you know, arguments about the demographics and enhancing the Rooney rule and those types of things. And, and I would, I would hope that they come up with some kind of, I don't know how to do it. I have, I don't have the answer, but I hope they, you know, put something in place to provide, you know, the minority candidates a better footing for this. That said, like you said, sometimes these owners, they just know what they want and they don't even need to interview. Kind of like what happened with Steve Mariucci and the Lions. The Lions wanted Steve, like they didn't, they weren't looking for a new head coach unless it was Steve Mariucci. The Raiders were not looking for a new head coach unless it was John Gruden, right? So those types of things. A guy like Brian Dable going to the Giants, that's, that seemed like okay, that was an open hire. There was no, I can't connect too many dots to that thing, but Nathaniel well, Hackett from the Buffalo Bills. No, no, you, but I'm saying like Nathaniel Hackett to Denver. Oh, you, there seems to be some breadcrumbs of to why that might've been put in place, you know, like, oh, there's a possibility that Rogers is going there. Rogers really likes Hackett. We can get, there's already been talk about Denver being the destination. Like you can see that some of those breadcrumbs, Dennis Allen kind of, taking over i don't know if that's i mean to me that's that's almost a dead man walking i mean he was he did he was not good with the raiders and he seemed to make a good defensive coordinator he reminds me of the modern day version on the defensive side of north turner like put in place as a head coach eh, i don't know i don't know if he i don't know if he's the leader of men i don't know if he can command the room i don't know if he can do those types of things he didn't seem to be able to do it with the Raiders. Now the Raiders are kind of their own entity, right? They're kind of, you know, their own, own circus, especially back in the days when Al Davis was running, was running things, but you know, I don't know what, what could the saints have done? It's almost as if the saints are going, this is kind of a cleanse the palate year. Like we don't really have a quarterback. It doesn't look great for a quarterback. We're getting, we're bringing in a defensive guy. So it's not like we can, we're going to draft a young guy that he can groom. 
it would almost seem like, okay, well, we've got to go out and get ourselves an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, you know, an experienced quarterback to, you know, try and elevate us. So the, the, the head coaching thing to me has always been interesting because sometimes guys like John Harbaugh do come out of nowhere. Like you, you hired the special teams coach. Or when does, you know, you know, when do special teams coaches get hired? Um, then you see the breadcrumbs. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with guys like Dennis Allen. Should he, you know, crash and burn again in New Orleans? Do, do they go, okay, well, thanks, Dennis. Here's your parting gift, your big check to, you know, take the beatings and go away. But now we've got to reset with a, another candidate, just like Minnesota. Minnesota, what's Minnesota doing? By all accounts, they're hiring the Rams offensive coordinator, right? So again, go find the tree that's successful and go pluck a branch off of it. So it's, yeah, it, it's always interesting. Yeah, and just real quick, as far as the Saints go, talking about them, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't see Sean Payton stepping away. That kind of took me by surprise as well. I mean, I don't know if he's just trying to do that just so he's open for the next thing that comes up, i.e. Dallas, but it just that just didn't uh, – I was surprised to see that. I'll be interested to see what Payton does. Does he does he pull the whole, I'm sitting out a year, I'm going to do media, make sure my name stays out there and relevant, and then – take my pick of what the jobs are next year, or does he go the whole Bill Cowher route? Like just, he, he does, does TV realizes it's a lot easier and a lot less stressful and the payday is about the same. So I'm just going to sit on this panel. I'm just going to sit in the booth for a year. I mean, how many times when, you know, when Bill Cowher was, we got to go get Bill Cowher, Bill Cowher, he never came back. So I don't know. I don't know if Sean Payton's that kind of guy. I don't know if he just really needs a reset and will get the competitive juices flowing next year. But yeah, I mean, the Cowboys obviously seem like the logical destination if they can't, you know, produce something more than a playoff appearance next year. So with that said, anything else that has caught your attention before we, uh, or I guess I should say, it's our lock of the week time doesn't sound like either one of you are changing your lock of the week predictions you're both uh i guess both want cincinnati but leaning towards uh putting your you'd, you'd be putting your money on the rams i guess you would say that is correct money on the rams hard on the Bengals. jeff yeah <laughs> um yeah no money <laughs> i don't know i'm just rooting for the Bengals. <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, with that said, our final thoughts, Gary. Final thoughts. Well, the Senior Bowl took place. So I know you said you felt like there was a void. I didn't feel the void because it was Senior Bowl week and the Senior Bowl game was played. Um, there weren't any Quinn Miners belly of the beast type of fashion statements at this year's Senior Bowl festivities. Sorry, Jeff. I know that disappoints you, but there were definitely some promising talent. Uh, such as Boy Mafe of Minnesota, who certainly turned some heads, a defensive end with three tackles for loss, two sacks, forced fumble, which made him the senior bowl player of the game. Um, I also liked what I saw from Jermaine Johnson of Florida State throughout the week, as well as My Jay Sanders of Cincinnati. 
Um, I just think it's a strong class of edge rushers, which will definitely help the Niners cause in the draft. Um, and speaking of strong, this offensive tackle named Daniel Faalele, also from Minnesota, six foot eight, 390 pounds. The dude is a monster and he's as strong as he is massive, but he's also got good feet. So I wouldn't mind taking him with our second round pick and putting him at right tackle and maybe even using him as a fullback a la refrigerator Perry. Um, and on the flip side, in terms of size is Bo Melton of Rutgers, who's only five foot 10 and likely a late rounder, which the Niners have plenty of. So he'd be a guy I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on late because I do see him as a Taylor Gabriel type of slot guy who can also return kicks. Sounds like a guy I think the Niners could use. Um, and I know the Niners don't need any more receivers, but I just really like this kid named Christian Watson, who's six foot five, 210 pounds, has speed. Oh, and did I mention that he's out of North Dakota State? Yeah, so I'd love to reunite him with Trey Lance and see those long bombs that they connect on as Bisons and do that in the red and gold. Uh, and lastly, since obviously the Niners will need to replenish their secondary, I really like this kid named Jalen Petrie of Baylor. He's a safety who I think can be a nickelback, and he's smart, plays with physicality, has decent coverage skills, so... Those are some guys I liked at the senior bowl for the Niners. Okay. Excellent. Uh, um, yeah, I, I am looking forward to diving into the whole draft world soon enough. Uh, and the, the senior bowl is always a great start. It's, it also has fond memories as covering it for two years. So it's always enjoyable to, to see it, even though it has been, it's, been taken out of Lad Peebles Stadium, which was, I don't know, a kind of glorified high school stadium type of thing. So I don't know if they just needed better facilities, newer facilities, just uh, whatever it was. But yeah, the Senior Bowl, always enjoyable to uh, think back on. So, uh, and you were, you mentioned Quinn Miners, and that just got me thinking because he was a guy that we all kind of liked as a niner possibility in the second or third round. And I just went to look, you know, what he did, he, you know, he got nine starts this year with the, the Broncos, they all, all coming, you know, one, two, three, like eight of them in the, you know, eight in the last eight weeks, he had one early in the season and then, you know, slid into the starting spot, whether by injury or, or just took over a spot. So, you know, again, you liked him early on and, I guess he's at least proved himself to be well worth the NFL draft slot, despite coming out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Is that where he was from? So <laughs> interesting. Good knowledge. Jeff, your final thought. Yeah, I guess Jerry, I leave all that uh, senior bowl dissecting and all that. Uh, I'll leave that to you. I, I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't watch the senior bowl. I, assuming it's over. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, another game I did not watch to Todd's point last week is the pro bowl. So they need to go ahead and just get rid of the pro bowl. Right. Like these guys talked about, like it's hard to go out there and tackle guys leaving millions of dollars on the line and get, we'll get injured or whatever. Another guy chiming in, like there's no, no game during the middle of the season type thing. And so it's hard. It's just, you know, come, come down to a two hand touch and just, 
kind of waste of time. So maybe it's just better off just, you know, name you a pro bowler and just not have the game. If you guys want to go do your little, you know, uh, most accurate and fastest guy, if you want to do all that where you can possibly get injured also, I mean, I guess you can, but <laughs> that that's fine. But yeah, it's just not play the game. It's just, that's just a, I don't know. Unless you're going to move everything back to Hawaii again, like Jerry said, and say, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's take this more serious again, guys. And then what's the incentive? Unless you're like paying them. I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the answer is, but maybe I'll just play the game. So uh, that, that's about it. Again, yeah, you took a little bit of my final thought there because I was going to mention the Pro Bowl only because I mentioned it last week as something I didn't think that was needed, only to be confirmed when they played it. This is not needed. And beforehand, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to just do the whole skills competition? But then that would require people to put in effort. And clearly, these guys want nothing to do with effort. Right. I'm not even talking during the game. I mean, the game was barely two-hand touch. Like, you kind of got like a little wrap. I mean, honestly, we had more physical games in the field at, at St. Joseph's School when I was in sixth grade. I mean – at least we were coming out with bloody noses and fractured thumbs compared to these guys. Like they barely broke a sweat. Um, but I was, I'm all for the skills competition until I saw Micah Parsons win the fastest man competition. Oh, Tyreek must have not been available. No, Tyreek was in there. He didn't take it serious. Like he doesn't, he, I'm going to jog and I'm going to kind of keep it close. You know what you need to do? There's, I mean, unless you get Jeff Bezos to come write million dollar checks for these types of things, which I don't think you're going to do. You need to, here's my proposal. Have the fastest man competition and whoever wins, that's the only person you can call the NFL's fastest man the next NFL season. And there's a, there's a fine, a substantial fine for every TV network, radio broadcast that says Tyreek Hill, the fastest man. No, that, uh, that'll be a million dollars. Kansas City Radio, uh, just we're gonna give that to charity, you know, because all of a sudden you start taking away these guys' ego, you know, take away their little the chips that they've collected. No, Tyreek, you cannot be called the fast man. That now belongs to Micah Parsons this year. Maybe you might take it serious if you actually feel like, no, I want my, you know, I want my props, I want my flowers that the kid, you know, like the kids like to say, no, you don't get it because you didn't try. That's all I ask. That's all I ask in life. Just try. These guys can't even try. And it bothers me. So get rid of the Pro Bowl. Get rid of the skills competition. Put a list up on the locker room. Like, hey, congratulations. You get a, you know, you get a helmet sticker saying you're a Pro Bowler because you guys can't even take it serious enough to run a race when all you got to do is run the race. So, but, you know, you take a guy like Michael Parsons, who's a rookie, who, kind of doesn't know any better to just loaf it off. And that's what happens. Your defensive end slash linebacker is now your NFL's fastest man. So disappointing, disappointing. That said, uh, my last thing is I would like to congratulate my daughter, Elizabeth. She participated in the Empire State uh, Winter Games in Lake Placid, New York this past weekend. She won the gold medal in luge. Um, and because it's the Olympics, maybe someone's caught luge. No, it is not bobsled. It's not what the Jamaican bobsledders did. You know, four people getting into a car-like thing and going down the ice. Um, this is a sled. Lay on your back. Go down. So 
uh, her second gold medal in three years. So uh, proud of her, proud of her accomplishment, especially being a girl from California where I checked today, boy, sunny mid 60s, low 70s was dreamy compared to the current seven degrees it is right now in Lake Placid. So with that said, that, that is, that's my final, my final thought. Um, one more game guys, the Super Bowl. It, it's, it's a, it's an enjoy the entertainment aspect. I know there's some rooting going to be going on. I don't think you guys will be too bent out of shape, whether the Bengals win or lose, you might be bummed, you know, for a minute, but you know, I think you guys will get over it. Enjoy the food. I hope that's around your Super Bowl party. By all accounts, I'm sure you guys are very excited for the halftime show because you guys are all about the entertainment. So apparently there's a, a nice concert being played at halftime that you guys will enjoy. Yeah. Um, but then after that, we we cl officially closed the book on the NFL season, which I always talk I talked about, you know, 21 weeks ago that the NFL opening weekend is my favorite day of the year. It's just I get so excited. I get just, ah, I love the opening and kind of the Super Bowl closing the book. You know, it's sad. It's a sad day to have to close that, close the book on the season and look at the calendar and you got to flip another six, seven pages before you get to some real football. But we will fill the time because there's going to be an off season full of excitement. Very rarely do you have a quarterback who's going to get traded. Very rarely do you have you know, so many things moving around with a team that was as successful. So we're going to have lots to come, lots to bring you talks about trades, talks about free agency. Jerry will continue to break down senior bowl uh, participants. We will continue to look at uh, positional breakdowns because one thing that we didn't get into and because we have plenty of time is, you know, which players either earn themselves a contract or earn themselves an extension case in point. Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead's on the sign for next year, but at $20 million going into, you know, one of the later years of his contract. So is he a guy that you restructure, extend it by another three or four years and then reduce the salary cap? Possibly because he's a guy that you're willing to hang around for three or four years. So all those things we're going to dive into much deeper, you know, after the Super Bowl and when the NFL offseason really kicks underway. So for Jerry, for Jeff, I'm Todd. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We will talk to you when it is officially the NFL offseason.